Welcome to Mitten Money, delivering insights from Michigan-based business leaders, big and small. William Zank, host of Mitten Money at TriStar Trust, loves nothing more than creating this masterclass so that you can get insight to guide your leadership journey in just under 30 minutes. Subscribe today and connect with William at mittenmoney.com. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to another great episode of Mitten Money. Happy to be bringing you yet another great show for today. I can imagine that for a lot of people out there, you wouldn't associate the state of Michigan with being a haven for venture capital investing. However, that misconception is very wrong. Nearly every company out there has been founded, has started off small, and sometimes requires some outside capital to help them grow. Now, when a founder is looking for additional capital, where should they look? What resources would they have out there? Well, today, as you can imagine, we have a wide-ranging discussion that can help answer some of those questions. Conversation today is with Skip Sims, who is a former managing partner of the Michigan Angel Fund. We discuss how to evaluate potential investment opportunities, what the key indicators are of a successful startup, and so much more. So welcome, Skip, to Mint Money. Appreciate your time this morning, Skip. Do you mind sharing the story on how you became the administrator for the Michigan Angel Fund and what motivated you to embark on this journey? Well, in 1999, I was running a family office relative to venture investing. And so we were a limited partner in several venture funds. That was my first venture into venture. Went through the dot-com boom just two years later, which was highly educational and expensive. Then we decided to get out of the venture industry. And that's when I hooked up with Ann Arbor Spark. Just for background... Ann Arbor Spark is an economic development organization in Ann Arbor, Michigan, serving the greater Ann Arbor area and Livingston County. So that's Ann Arbor Spark. It was co-created, kind of a joint effort, a community-wide effort. Spark itself, with an entrepreneurial focus, was brand new. Uh, but the Washington Development Council, which was the traditional economic development arm of Ann Arbor and Washington County at the time, the two organizations merged and created and driven in large part by Rick Snyder, who at the time, before running for governor, becoming governor, he was a venture capitalist. And he, along with the University of Michigan and the tech transfer office in particular, but with the support of Mary Sue Coleman, president of the university at the time, got it off the ground and started. Mike Finney, who had been with the MEDC, for several years, focused on venture capital. I had left the state to do economic development in New York, was enticed to come back as the CEO. And then Mike hired me to start and put together all of the programs for entrepreneurs and our startups, and which included not just events, educational programs and events, but also grant making. And Ann Arbor was one of the original 11 smart zones in the state of Michigan. And it grew over the state over the years. And now it is probably the largest smart zone financially and number of companies served, number of entrepreneurs served uh, of any other in the state. So that's when I got started in economic development. About a year after we got going, there was a 21st century jobs fund major grant opportunity that the state offered. And the smart zones around the state collectively applied for 
what became the largest single grant that came out of that process, which was the Michigan Pre-Seed Capital Fund. And Spark managed that fund on behalf of all the smart zones in the state from 2007 to 2011, thereabouts. In managing that fully 100% state money, investing or co-investing, I want to emphasize co-investing into startup companies all over the state of Michigan, it became apparent that although the venture industry was growing, what was not happening and the missing link particularly for the earliest stage startup companies, was angel activity. And we've got a lot of wealth in our state, but they weren't taking the high risk and investing all that much in early stage companies. And so we embarked on trying to figure a solution to try and get more people engaged and get more angel activity in the state. And then out of that came the Michigan Angel Fund and what quickly became the largest angel group in the state of Michigan. That's pretty impressive. I appreciate the deep background, especially where some of those roots are, especially for so many of these early seed companies within our great state. And so fast forwarding to now, Skip, what does a typical day look like for you? And then when you do come across those opportunities to co-invest in these early, early stage startup companies, how do you go about evaluating all these different companies? I mean, they could, I could imagine span many industries and it would probably take, I can imagine, a pretty good skill set to be able to go evaluate all these different opportunities. Well, that's one of the nice things about what we do and angel investing is you do get exposed and you learn something. If you want, you can learn something new every day. And I do. Now, since the first of this year, I have been semi-retired So now I'm a consultant for Spark, but I'm also co-managing or helping the transition to leadership in the Michigan Angel Fund. So not spending full time on it like I had been, but I do spend several days a week greening deals. And when we say a deal, we're referring to an entrepreneur who's asking for cap. And more often than not, Many of these early stage companies are not ready for capital yet. They still need to get that minimum viable product to a beta stage, get a customer to actually use it. And that's what angels are looking for just as validation. So a lot of the entrepreneurs that apply for capital to us, we quickly reply and say, sorry, here are a couple other milestones you need to achieve first and then come back to us. Of those, though, that do have a minimal viable product and maybe have actually a couple of paying customers, then we get down to tell us more about why you're doing what you're doing, why your product's better than what's out there today, uh, and tell us about your customer base, the size of your market, who your competitors are, why you're going to displace the status quo, which is often the major competitor. And why are you going to be successful versus these others? What are you going to do with our capital, by the way? If you're raising a million dollars, how are you going to spend it? And how long will it last? In today's economy, the past few years, the whole venture industry, as well as the angel community, have been stressing to their portfolio companies and new investments that they really want the company to have and manage their money 
so that they can survive the next 12, 18, 24 months without having to raise more capital. Quite frankly, in 2022 and slightly lesser degree, but still in 2023, it's difficult to raise capital these days. So you need that, what we call the runway with your bank balance. And so how are you going to manage that? And if you hit a bump in the road, and they all do, how are you going to manage that? And can you make your cash stretch out a little bit? And so we get to know the entrepreneur pretty well and how they think and whether or not they've thought through some of these things. That And so we provide a service right up front before we give them a dime in terms of helping them think through some things that maybe they hadn't even thought about before that are important in running and growing a successful business. So that's what I largely do now. Sure, that makes a lot of sense. And do you mind sharing or can you share an example of an investment that you made that's performed exceptionally well? And then if you were to go distill down maybe one or two points that really contributed to that investment success, you know, what would those commonalities be? Okay, I'll warn you, it's a kind of a long story, but it's a good one. Sky Specs is a company that you may be familiar with. Eight young men out of the University of Michigan's engineering school created this concept for drone monitoring of facilities. And originally, when they were still students, this was something Spark did also back in the early days, was for 10 years, there was the Accelerate Michigan program, which was a kind of a business plan competition, if you will. We ran that for the first six years, six or seven years. And they applied as students and won. And they got $10,000. They claim that Danny Ellis, the CEO, will tell you today that if it hadn't been for that $10,000, they probably wouldn't have gone any further with the company. But they got it. They worked on it, again, in consulting with many investors. I mean, they were hitting all the investors, VCs, angels, et cetera, that they could find. Um, and they stuck to it. But many of us were giving them the advice, look, you're not a drone company. There are plenty of drone companies. You need to buy your drones. Don't make your drones. Focus on the technology that's going to provide value to all of these potential customers that have large assets that need to be monitored in difficult situations and environments and locations. And then they finally zeroed in on the wind industry. Well, the company got to a point where venture investors, a VC firm in Ann Arbor, made that first real significant private investment. A couple of other VCs jumped in, but a lot of angels like us also jumped in at that particular time. They continued to grow the company. They've had multiple rounds of funding. We've participated in all but the last round of funding, which was for $60 million from a Goldman Sachs VC firm that has really accelerated it even more. And they've turned into a very, very significant success story. And we're proud to have been early on, both in that educational hand-holding, advising, along with others along the way. And to their credit, the entrepreneurs were very open to listening and taking the advice to heart, applying it, most of it, not all of it, but then 
successfully growing the business and getting it to a point where it was what we call investable and then continue to grow from there. And they've continued to do very, very well. Sure. It certainly sounds like it. That's definitely an eye-popping number. Now, what was their reaction when you told them, maybe not drones, but let's try and focus in on the technology side of what that application could use for? Because I could imagine, okay, they're trying to incubate this idea. You're coming in with some really, really good advice, but maybe they're not ready to hear it. I mean, what was their reaction to it? They were a little reluctant at first, and I think kind of disappointed because being engineers, you know, they're all about widgets. And they really wanted to, I think, make drones, but they also quickly understood that, look, that's not where the profit is. That's not where the growth is. It's really in the software and the measuring that they could accomplish with the sensors that they put on that drone. And that the drone was merely a means to the real end, which was their sensors, their technology, identify problems with windmills that a current, very manual, very dangerous, very expensive, very time-consuming process, they could actually do it quicker, better, cheaper, all those key things, find actually defects that even the individuals that were climbing these towers weren't finding, and report back immediately what the issues were. And that was the beginning, and that was really their first product. Now, they've evolved way beyond that. And they're offering all kinds of other services to the wind industry and ahead of everybody else. Very comprehensive suite of software data that they provide. Sure, that sounds really special. I appreciate you elaborating a little bit further on that. And so it's quite obvious you've done a really good job at building these relationships with the entrepreneurs, especially with you know SkySpecs. What's your philosophy on building these investor-founder relationships to where they could still come seek out your advice, but at the end of the day, too, you're also an investor within the company, too. One thing I learned early on in my career 50 years ago was, and you're raised this way. My parents taught me this. You got to be honest. Don't hide things. If you're running into difficulty, you got a problem, admit it. If you've made a mistake, admit it. Share it with people. Learn from it. Keep moving forward. So I apply that and I try to determine early on as quickly as possible, is the entrepreneur going to be offer me full disclosure of everything that's going on? I want to know. Don't tell me just the good news. I want to know when you've got a problem because I might actually be able to help you. And it's important for the entrepreneur to understand, too, that when he goes to raise more capital later, Quite often, they're having to raise more capital because they ran into too many bumps in the road. They had to change direction, pivot a little bit on their plan, and they ran through their money quicker than they had anticipated. And if they weren't telling their investors all along of these issues that they were encountering and how they were addressing them and say, oh, my God, I'm in trouble now, by the way, I need more money, that investor saying, sorry, you should have told me you had this problem six months ago. And had you done that, one, we might have been able to help. But even if we didn't, I'd be more inclined to at least continue to support you. But if you're not going to be honest with me, we got a problem. And so that's core to every relationship, whether it's with the CEO, it's the team, 
the board of directors, co-investors you have. Everybody needs to be pretty upfront and honest with each other. And so that's criteria number one. Certainly, I could really see that. And so from your perspective, Skip, how has the venture capital landscape changed in Michigan since you started your career, at least focusing within that venture capital space? I think you were mentioning in the late 90s. And then if you don't mind, I know it's pretty hard to go have that crystal ball in front of you. But if you were to go kind of project out what the next five to 10 years would look like, what are those major areas that people may not know about, but could be really interesting and important for our state's future? I think it's important for people to understand the difference between angels and venture capitalists. That's an ongoing education that occurs that I keep having to address because people don't see the difference. Venture capital is really a form of private equity. Venture capital is our funds where major investors, institutions, foundations, et cetera, write millions of dollars of checks and put them in. And a manager, a professional managers, then determine what the best investments are for the greatest returns for those basically silent investor partners. Whereas an angel, that is an individual, a household that is investing out of their personal bank account. And so when an angel is investing in a company, they're writing you a check out of their personal account. And it's it's very direct and much different. They write collectively smaller checks, obviously. The VCs write millions of dollars size checks. Angels will write hundreds of thousands or less. And so that's why the angels invest when the company's not looking for quite as much money in the various earliest stages. And with those companies that we're successful with, when the VCs come in down the road with bigger money, when the company's ready to raise more money, hopefully it's at a higher valuation. And even if we don't put more money in, we've got a nice piece of the action, if you will, for when it does exit down the road. Now, keep in mind too, half of all companies in America, not unique to Michigan, half of all companies in America that start in 2023 will not be around in 2028. That's just fact. It's been that way since people have been tracking it in the 70s. Yet, the other half do very well and usually will give investors a nice return. And as with a lot of your advertising, for example, I spend so much on advertising and the reason I do is I don't know which one's going to be successful, what, what I'm doing. All of these companies at the time I invest are going to be great. I don't know which ones are really going to succeed down the road five or 10 years from now. Your question is, where are we? Well, the venture industry in Michigan has had its ups and downs. It's, we had a lot of VC firms back 10 years ago or so, and it has come down, but we're still much healthier than we've been in years past, decades past. The venture industry in Michigan is pretty healthy. It's active. They're investing in Michigan companies, but they invest in companies throughout the country. They are co-investing and bringing in VC dollars from outside of the state of Michigan to the state of Michigan and Michigan companies. So that's all very positive. I think that'll continue to grow, but it's unfortunately relatively slow. It's a little frustrating. 
but then it's been frustrating for 25 years. So that's not going to change, but it's improving. And I think it's going at a pretty good rate. And 10 years from now, the venture industry will be even stronger. More of our Michigan companies will get more venture capital. So that's all positive. Angel activity has improved a lot in the past 10 years. More and more angels are stepping forward or more and more high net households, I should say, are stepping forward to become angels. So there's more angel capital available for startups than there had been. I think that's going to continue to grow. I am continually surprised, pleasantly so, of people that are reaching out and say, hey, tell me more. I'm not an angel investor yet, but I want to learn more. I'm intrigued. And I kind of think I want to become an angel. So that's happening. I think that'll continue to grow. So that's all good news. Where we could use help, Michigan's one of the few states in the country, and we may be the only state in the Great Lakes that does not offer any kind of incentive to get high net worth households, individuals to take this kind of risk. And it's important because startups really are the ones that drive the economy, not just in our state. I'm not just saying it's good for Michigan. This is throughout the U.S. Startups collectively create more jobs every year than all the other companies in America that are more than five years old combined. It is critical that we continue to create more startup companies every year. It's critical that they get the capital they need to grow and be successful. And even the unsuccessful companies for the period, however long they've been, they've hired people, those people pay state income tax. Those companies pay a landlord for property while they're renting, which pays property taxes. Those that are successful create more wealth, and that increases the tax base. It diversifies our economy because a lot of them are in maybe different industry sectors. They're in software. They're in med devices. They're in diagnostics. They are in mobility. They're very diverse. So that we could use some assistance for from the state to help get a few people that might be on the fence to actually cross over, include angel investing as part of their asset allocation. Sure. That all makes great sense. appreciate you diving into that, especially with what you mentioned at the end as well. So I appreciate that. And so now moving along to our rapid fire questions. And so Skip, what would you say is your most important daily habit? Getting up and making the bed and getting going. Don't lounge around, get up and go. I love it. What's your favorite TV or streaming show that you're currently watching or have recently? <laughs> I didn't get into streaming until the pandemic. So I'm watching shows that were way pre-pandemic that we've never seen before. I'm actually kind of hooked right now on The Newsroom and Game of Thrones. Two solid picks. And Skip, if you could be remembered for just one thing, what would it be? That my wife and I were good people and we enjoyed doing things for others. Definitely. I can definitely see that. And so for those people who want to learn more about yourself or the Michigan Angel Funds, what are some good resources for the listeners out there? Well, entrepreneurs should first read the website. It's surprising how many entrepreneurs don't do their research before contacting people. Go to miangelfund.com. That's our website. 
we have our criteria very well spelled out as to what we will and will not invest in. If you do meet the criteria, we've got a send me a message link and I read them all. So that's number one. I am on LinkedIn. You want to check me out there, go right ahead. Those would be the two main things. Well, great. And thank you, Skip, for coming on. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another great episode of Mint Money. Please don't forget to follow our podcast so you don't miss when new episodes drop. Thanks, Skip. You've been listening to Mint and Money, sponsored by TriStar Trust. Subscribe to the podcast and learn more about how William and the TriStar Trust team can guide your small business at TriStarTrust.com. Trust.com.